Hello. Hello and welcome to Speaking About Speaking. And here I am all on my own. And today it is just going to be me. So if you come along expecting me to be speaking to another speaker, then you're going to be disappointed, I'm afraid. It's just me. But I am going to be speaking about speaking because that's what I love to speak about. So if there is anybody out there listening and you would like to interact, then do put hello. Oh, yo, Jackie, what makes you nervous when you're, oh, see, we're cracking into the questions straight away. Haircut. Is that me having one or should I, do I need one? Oh, dear. We've started already. Um, so, yeah, welcome. It's so lovely to be here on this lovely springy day. I've been out for a walk this afternoon and it's warm. And for the first time this year, I smelt freshly mowed lawns. So, yeah, that was lovely. That was lovely. So here I am. If you've got any questions about speaking, anything that you'd like to know, then please do interact. Put your comments in the questions in, in the comments and I will endeavour to answer them. And I also have come armed myself with some questions. So if we if we run out, I will uh, go through the top 12 frequently asked questions that I have here in front of me. So I will I will crack on. But let's let's start because we do have one and I, I'm afraid it doesn't show your name. But this one here from LinkedIn user says, yo, Jackie. So I'm assuming perhaps you know who I am. Uh, what makes you nervous when you are speaking or performing? Hmm. I think like everybody else, I'm no different to anybody else. I get nervous uh, because I don't want to look a fool. And actually, I think that's at the, the crux of everything that we do when we're speaking to other people, especially if we don't know who they are, then you're worried that you aren't going to be good enough. You're going to you're going to disappoint them. You're going to show up in a way that doesn't do you any favors. Uh, maybe if you're actually in a work environment, then yeah, that's that's what makes me nervous too. And so if I have anything to say, I do make sure that I'm as prepared as I can be because actually you know everything that you need to say. When we're talking in a social situation, we improvise. We make it up as we go along. We open our mouths and we never know what's, what's going to come back to us. But when you're in a situation where you are expected to speak, you're expected to have knowledge, you are expected to entertain and impart the knowledge that you have then yeah we all get a little bit nervous so that's what makes me nervous thank you for that Christoph. thank you um uh, is that also you saying i've had a haircut or i need a haircut i'm gonna wait for him to reply to that one thank you very much for that question uh yes so let me go then start with the questions that I've got here. And the first one that these frequently asked questions came from a presentation that I did not so long ago. And uh, these were the questions that I was asked. And actually, they were all so good that I've actually put them into a sort of top 12. But certainly there's definitely a top 10 here. So I'll start with number one. And if you are watching on the replay, if you're watching this at a later date when we're not live, then please do still ask questions. I'm very happy to come back to you and answer any questions that you have. So the number one question I have on my list here is what are the characteristics of an engaging speaker? Well, I think number one has got to believe, um, has got to be that they believe in their message. So if you have got uh, 
a talk that you're doing, a presentation that you're making, if you don't believe what it is that you're saying, then your audience won't believe it either. So this comes back to actually knowing who you are and why you're sharing what you're sharing, which sometimes is difficult if you're in a work situation because you are being expected to maybe speak somebody else's word, words. Perhaps somebody else has written that presentation for you. And then I know from being an actor, that's basically what you do as an actor. Somebody else gives you the words and you read them out. And somehow your audience has to believe that you are the person speaking those words for the very first time. And it's the same thing when you step in front of your audience for a presentation or a talk. You have to believe what you're saying. So that's not just about putting, and I'll come on to PowerPoints later, but that's not just about putting a PowerPoint together and reading the bullet points. It's about really engaging with your subject. It's really about knowing who your audience is and sharing a message that you know will benefit them. So it's really, really about believing what it is that you're saying. And another part of that is also, again, knowing who the audience is. So do your research, find out why they're there, why they should care. And you'll find that the best and most engaging speakers are the ones that know who it is that they're talking to and why they are there to listen. And then the other thing maybe comes down to tone of voice. And that's very much where um, knowing your audience helps again is knowing what your message is. Is it something that you need to be passionate about? Is it something that you want to inspire and engage with? All of these um, feelings can be um, come out within your, your the tone of your voice. So this is where you can you can get your humor in and humility and all of those those lovely words that really describe how you make your audience feel with the tone of your voice. Excellent. Okay, moving on to question number two. Have you learned, how have you learned to become a confident speaker over the years? Well, that goes, that comes back to having done it for very, you know, for so long. I've been teaching speech and drama for oh, probably 25, 30 years now. And when you have a classroom full of 10-year-olds or bored teenagers, uh, you learn very quickly to speak and not to let them actually have a moment where they can they can smell your fear <laughs> because that's when you lose them. So I learned very quickly that I needed to have have every single moment of a class down to the last second planned out. And so that really helped me know how to engage an audience, how to actually stand in front of a group of people and keep them engaged in what it was that I, I was doing. And I know that from the practice that I did as an actor, that if I had a piece, a monologue, especially if I was learning for, you know, a monologue for an audition piece, then I knew the more that I did it, the more that I practiced, that I would get excited about sharing it with an audience. So I knew that I would get excited about stepping on the stage in front of an audience and, and sharing all the hard work that I'd done. And when I really dug into that character and really found out and really believed what it was that I was saying, then I could have fun with it. And so that's that really, for me, uh, is where the, I've built the confidence up because that comes from, obviously, years of practice and learning your lines and, and all of those things and performing. And I've noticed as well over the years that 
my voice has changed. When I listen back now to, uh, not that there's many recordings of me, obviously I was on the stage mainly, so there wasn't a lot of recordings of my voice, but I can feel it myself. My voice has dropped. There's more resonance when I speak now, and I can hear that myself. And I know that comes from the practice of doing warm-ups, voice warm-ups, and, and actually being in front of an audience several times a week, mostly, and obviously when I was teaching every day. Um, that's that question. Anybody else got anything in the comments that they'd like to ask before I move on? Oh, okay. sorry. Thank you, Christoph. I have had a haircut. Thank you. Um, so let's move on to my question number four. How do you prevent coming across as a garbled mess when giving a talk? Oh, I've skipped number three. Okay, I'll go back to number three. Number three. Should we come across as knowing everything and be very serious in our presentations? Mm, well, we all want to fit in and we want to seen, be seen as an expert in our field. So that sometimes means, especially in a work situation, that we start talking gobbledygook or we talk in acronyms and, and, and use jargon that actually your audience probably don't understand or really care about. So what's really, really important is, is not so much about being serious and, and being the person that you think you are expected to be, but it's really about uh, turning up as you, being your authentic self, being somebody that is relatable. And so if you are talking, unless you're talking to a room full of other people that speak your language, speak in that jargon, use those acronyms, then it's it's best really to um, speak as yourself, to be to be yourself. Come into that that space with your own personality, with your own uh, set of words, set of language, because that way you're then relatable. Um, and going over to the comments. How do you deal with interruptions to a presentation? Hmm, things that distract the audience, noise, people arriving late, etc. Well, <laughs> I'm just, you've just reminded me there of a time when, yeah, I got heckled in the middle of a play from, <laughs> from somebody in the audience. And it was very difficult not to stop there and then and actually address the person that was speaking to. And I, I assume perhaps if you are doing a stand-up or a presentation, then that's easier to do. I didn't want to come out of character, answer the person in the audience and then get back into character. That would have broken, broken the flow, broken the, the illusion to the rest of the audience that we were actually in this situation. So I left that one. If you're in a, a, a speaking situation where you're doing a talk or a presentation and something happens, Acknowledge it. Don't think, oh, I just have to pretend that hasn't happened. If somebody gets up in the front row and walks across the front of you and out of the room, then maybe just take a moment. You don't have to be rude. Certainly don't heckle them. But just acknowledge that it's happened. Smile. And it's a human moment. Take it as a human moment. And that's uh, then the audience will take it in that way too. If you get embarrassed or, or um, 
or it makes you uncomfortable, then that's what your your audience will mirror that to. So the more uncomfortable you feel about something, a distraction, the more the audience will feel uncomfortable too. So they will mirror you. So if, if you get distracted, if something happens, then go with it. Don't, uh, don't try to gloss over it and pretend it didn't happen at all, but just include it as part of, you know, life's rich tapestry. So hopefully that um, has, has answered that question. Thank you very much, Crystal. Um, so now I will go on to question number four, which is, how do you prevent coming across as a garbled mess when giving a talk? Hmm, a garbled mess. Now this, I think, comes down to my three Bs. And the three Bs are breathe, believe, and be prepared. So breathe is making sure that before you go into a space, you don't uh, you don't go in flustered, you don't go in hyperventilating, you don't get that nervous. You learn to breathe before you step into that space. So you take your time for yourself. You do some box breathing where you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four breathe in for four and you you use I mean there's lots of breathing techniques out there to really kind of bring you into focus and regulate your nervous system so if you can find one of these breathing exercises make sure you do that before you step into a space it will calm your nerves and it will just get you back into focus you're never going to get rid of those nerves so don't try to embrace them the the feeling of nervousness and the feeling of excitement is the same feeling in your in your stomach. It's like, like that butterflies and that churning in your stomach. So see see your um, your nervousness as excitement and embrace it because that's where your power is. Believe goes back to what I was saying before: is you really need to believe what it is that you're saying. Really believe your message, because if you don't believe it, your audience won't either. And that is something I learned from my acting days as well, is that if if I step on stage as a character that is completely alien to me as a personality, to, to me as a person, then if I, uh, if I step on the stage as me playing that character, then the audience will know that. They'll just say, hey, here's Jackie, she's playing that serial killer. But if I believe I'm that serial killer and I step on that stage and and become that serial killer for that hour and a half or whatever, then the audience will believe that. And it's the same with any talk or presentation is to make sure that you have that real belief and, and know your stuff and know what it is that you're talking about. Because if you believe it and it's it, and it's in your heart and in your soul, then your audience will believe it as well. And the third B, be prepared. And that that's, I mean, there's no getting away from it. This is where you have to practice, practice, practice and practice again. So once you've got your talk sorted, once you're happy with the way that it's actually structured, don't memorize it. Don't memorize it as a script because that's the uh, that's that's the way of of a complete and utter mess. You'll you'll forget your, you know, trip over one word and the whole the whole thing goes out the window. What you need to do is find that flow of your talk and know how that flow goes, how you're going to take your audience from the beginning through the journey of what it is that you need to say to them and get them to the end with a flourish. And if you have uh, 
visuals or pictures in your head or a mind map of how that journey goes. That's what you need to practice. So follow that through, say it out loud, record yourself doing it. And more importantly than not, step in front of a real human being, preferably somebody that loves you, somebody that can give you some constructive feedback. And if they can't even get, give you feedback, then at least having done it to a human breathing person, then it takes away some of those nerves. So that's the three Bs. And I will, I do have a, have a link to a, a free PDF, a little booklet that I wrote called How to Impact, Influence and um, Inspire Your Audience. And that's a free download. And I'll, I'll put the, the link to that in the comments. So yeah, that for me is, is how you stop yourself being a garbled mess, is really practice. Okay, uh, let me have a look. I've got a question here from Dolly Wogan. Hello, Dolly. Um, how do you get over a panic and nervousness when meeting people? Ah, so this is in, in, a, in a social situation. So again, this is just, it comes back to knowing and being comfortable with yourself, being aware that actually you are enough you have enough personality you have enough knowledge you can make it up as you go along nothing bad is going to happen when you are confronted with a person that you don't know and they start talking to you you just react and again that comes back to acting react so somebody speaks to you you listen and that's what's really important too is that rather than speaking for the sake of speaking you and I can't remember what the saying is you speak to be understood or you do you speak to speak or do you I can't remember or do you speak to understand I can't remember how that goes but it is basically if you if somebody speaks to you then you listen to what they say and then react and then you can't go wrong because if you if you react as yourself and you're not trying to be anybody else so you're not playing Dolly you are being Dolly and there's nothing wrong with Dolly so just speak up as yourself and just know that nothing bad's going to happen you know you're not going to die it will just be an interaction and if that person doesn't want to speak to you or you don't get the feeling that they're really engaging with you then they're not worth speaking to move on to the next person so hopefully Dolly that's helped <laughs> But thank you for your question. Brilliant. Fa oh, uh, does that include the fluffs you make? Oh, that's that's a question from before. So perhaps I won't come back to that. Oh, but the time is marching on. I will carry on ask, answering the questions that I've got here. But please do uh, ask me another. And even uh, if you are watching the replay, please, please do ask questions because I will I will come back to you. Be fascinated before being fascinating. Love that. Love that. So, yeah, just just be yourself. But be curious, be fascinated. What is that person talking to you about? What is it? What can you find in their conversation that you find fascinating? Because then if you if you answer with that curiosity, curiosity and fascination, then that's that's a sure way to make a friend. Excellent, thank you very much. Right, now where was I? 
Uh, oh dear, I'm only halfway through. Is knowledge of our subject matter? Is is knowledge of our subject such a key element in being a strong present presenter? So I think that one really is: is knowledge of our subject an element in being a strong presenter? And yes, of course, yeah, the knowledge that you are bringing to the table is generally why your audience are there. If you're making a, a talk or a presentation, then you need to know what it is that you're talking about. Because again, that comes back to, you know, believability. And if you don't know what you're talking about or why you're talking about it or what it means, what it's going to mean to your audience, then yeah, it's it, you need to be able to know what you're talking about. Fabulous. Ooh, yellow tuxedo. Hi, guys. Lovely to see you here. Hiya. How do you make sure that what you want to talk about is actually interesting for others? Mm, good question. Well, I think that I think that comes down to knowing your audience and having a passion about what it is that you're talking about. And again, maybe going back to what Dolly was saying, you know, and, and what the, the answer that Christoph gave. It's about being fascinated in order to be fascinating. And you need to know who you need to be fascinated by your audience in order to fascinate them. I think that that's uh, that, that's maybe a way of looking at it. So as long as you are passionate about what you're saying, but also speaking to an audience that will also find a fascination. Sorry, I'm looking down at your your <laughs> your image, your little um, image on my screen there. Sorry, I should be looking there at the camera. Um, yeah, I think I think as long as you know your audience and you know that what you, that what you have is at the heart of of you, and you're speaking from the right space that you uh, are speaking with humility and you're you're speaking in order to benefit the audience rather than for yourself then i don't think you can go wrong you know you as long as you're speaking as you and about something that you that you are passionate about then the audience will feel that that's the way to engage them uh, and yeah i think that's that's i think both of you got that in spades oh that totally makes sense thank you very much guys brilliant Brilliant. Uh, moving on. I'm not going to get through all of my fabulous top 10, but we might get we might get there. Let's see. What have I got next? What is the importance of stories in a talk or presentation? Oh, this is a, this is a question that comes up a lot, isn't it? Because people want people. You hear a lot of people saying, oh, storytelling for business. And what about story? And I, what, what does that mean? especially if you're doing a presentation about business, why, sh why should you be telling a story? And more, more often than not, I get, because of what I do, is why do people want to hear about me? Why, if I'm, if I'm doing a presentation for work, why should people want to know the ins and outs of my life? And I always say, because it's important that people understand that other people have been through stuff. And this is not about putting all your stuff out there, you know, kind of going, oh, poor me, look what I've been through. Haven't I had an awful life and blah, blah, blah. But it's finding the stories and the experiences that you've been through that will be helpful to other people. And so if you can find those stories and and, and kind of weave them into your presentation, it, you know, the presentation is 
might be on one completely subject that's nothing to do with you, but there might be experiences or anecdotes or stories of other people. It doesn't even need to be you. But if you, we all love listening to stories. We've been listening to stories since cavemen were sat around uh, campfires. We've always told stories. It's how we learned in the old days before we could write, before the internet. We told before books. We told each other stories. It's how we how we learned things, and that's no different now. So storytelling is really important. Uh, an important way of really getting people to um, engage with you and to understand. So it's a way of getting them to feel something. So it's it goes back to Maya Angelou saying, people will never remember what you said. People won't remember what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So if you stand in front of your audience with a whole list of data, then they're not going to go away remembering all that data. But if you if you make that into a story, then they're more likely to go away remembering what it is that, that you know that that feeling that you've given them that they'll they'll go away with. So that that's why storytelling is important. Um, they have, it, stories evoke emotion, and so that that's kind of what you want. It's a it's a way of of uh, sending people away with a feeling. That, that you've made them feel something. That's what they will remember. So that's for me, is why storytelling is so important. Brilliant. Just checking that we don't have any more questions. Um, moving on to question. Gosh, we're only at number seven. Oh, how do I avoid death or torture by PowerPoint? Mm, PowerPoints. Mm. I mean, you, if We've all been there. We've all sat on a Zoom call or in a boardroom or, you know, wherever. And the guys set up, guy or gal set up their screen and click. There's another visual. Uh, there's another PowerPoint. And it's it's full of words. And you think, why? And then And then the presenter will stand there and basically just read what's on the PowerPoint, what's on that slide. And you think, well, what's... What's the point of you standing there speaking when it's all written on the on the slide? And so the slide isn't about you as a presenter having something to read. It's a the the PowerPoint should be there to literally underline and illustrate the important points in your talk. So it's not there for the audience to read, because if you do that, they won't know whether to look at you, to listen to you or to read, read the slide. So automatically they're, they're distracted. So what you need to do is, is send them a handout afterwards, put it all, all, everything you want to say, put it on a handout, give them the slides afterwards, but don't put it all on a slide. So you stand there as a presenter, you do the presentation, you tell the stories, you give the data and Every time there's a there's a bullet point moment in what it is that you're saying, everything, every time there's something that you really want to underline within your presentation, make that the slide. And that can be a visual. It can be um, it can be one line. I'm not saying don't put writing on your slides, especially if you're doing something informative. Sometimes people do need some information, but don't put the whole of your presentation on slides. That's when people just drop off because they are distracted. They don't know whether to look at you or the slide, so they switch off. 
So make sure that your, your slides are only there to illustrate a point that you're trying to make. Thank you. And moving swiftly on. Oh, look, we've got two minutes left. Okay, I've got time for one more question. If there's no more questions in the comments, then I will head over to, oh, there we go. So we've got one more here from Christoph. You should lead you should lead your presentations, not rely on the slides to do it. Absolutely, absolutely agree with that, Christoph. You are the leader. You are the one that's that's uh, that's out there talking, and the slides literally should should um, should just be a, a guide through. Fabulous, thank you. Um, moving swiftly on to what lets people down when they're presenting. What lets people down when they're presenting? I think it's. It comes back to the three B's. So they they haven't regulated their breathing. So they come out and they are nervous and they run out of breath or their adrenaline is too high. And so they are kind of jumbling, going too fast. So they, they need to control their breath more. They don't believe what they're saying. They are they're just going through the motions of relaying a message that somebody else has written. So they don't actually, they, they're not engaged in their own talk and they don't know who their audience is. So they haven't done any research. They don't know who they're talking to. They have no idea whether their audience is going to be receptive to what it is that they're saying. So that's, that's really, really important. And then being prepared. It's just knowing that that you have practiced enough, that if there are those distractions, if somebody gets up and leaves, if there is a large uh, noise goes off, that you are not thrown or distracted. So you're, you haven't got a script in your head, but you've got that journey. You know where your talk needs to go. You've got your visuals behind you that will lead you through, that will take you through the journey of your presentation. And that's that's how how you keep it on track so so yes you need to breathe you need to believe and you need to be prepared so on that note i'm going to uh, finish off with the uh, with the questions there but i just want to show you uh or i i have got now this is probably not going to help but this if you go to my my um my website, which is powertospeak.co.uk, and go into the blogs, you will find this blog called How Do You Impact, Influence and Inspire Your Audience? And if you if you go into and read that blog, in there is the downloadable link to the three Bs, which is the little e-booklet that I put together on how to uh, influence, impact and inspire your audience, or the other way around. And the other thing quickly before we go that I wanted to talk about is the fact that I have this coming up. This is the Speak Like a Speaker Club. So this is an in-person club, an opportunity for a group of people to get together in a room and, and, and kind of uh, show each other their talk, speak out in front of an audience for that for that very reason of just getting that practice in, getting the feedback, working out how their talk needs to go, whether it's engaging, whether it's an in interesting there. So this first Speak Like a Speaker Club event in Southbourne at the Brewhouse and Kitchen Pub, and uh, we are meeting at 
6.30-ish to start at 7. So we'll start at 7. There'll be sort of 20 minutes or so of exercises, tips and techniques from me before we go into a bit of an open mic session where people will get a chance to stand up and uh, and speak what it is that they want to say. So if you want to come along with a presentation, a talk, an audition piece, a stand-up set, completely up to you. You get an opportunity just to, to, to sound it out, to put it out there. If you've got any ideas that you want to share with the audience, then you can do that. But, oh, that's it, half an hour. I didn't think I was going to be able to do that without running out of things to say. But actually, I quite like talking. Fabulous. Oh, uh, brilliant. So Alan from Yellow Tuxedo is signed up. I'm very excited. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I'm just going to put this, this up here. I always aim to balance my breathing before presenting, even when jumping on a Zoom to present. The stress for me comes when I feel the return is potentially greater. Yeah, absolutely. It is that, you know, we we are nervous a lot of the time because we care about what it is that we're saying and who we're speaking to. Um, and that's where a lot of the nerves comes. And if you don't feel nervous, then I would worry about it because it means that 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 you don't care or there's not uh, there's not um, I want to say skin in the game. But that's a that's a horrible phrase. But you know what I mean? Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. I have run over time. I apologize, but I will uh, I will end the broadcast now. If you want to catch up with the replay, it will be out there from, from sort of now-ish. And if you've got, are watching the replay and have any questions or would like to contact me, then do so by going to uh, to the website. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you for your questions. And I will uh, see you now in about three weeks time. And I'm back at uh, in three weeks time with with me and a, and a speaking guest so I look forward to seeing you then bye